Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. Well, today we're learning that President Biden's legal team found another batch of classified documents. Classified documents. More documents marked classified were found in President Biden's house in Delaware. Six more documents with classified markings. Oh, my God. How long is this going to go on? I don't have that many unclassified documents in my house. For more than two weeks now, President Biden has found himself enduring the most embarrassing and personally damaging period of his presidency. So far, five discoveries of classified documents that should have been given to the National Archives when Biden's term as vice president ended six years ago have been made in two separate locations. True, they were mostly found by Biden's own lawyers, and the Biden team say they are fully cooperating with the FBI. But even so, the president's public response hasn't always been reassuring. Classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, look, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. It may be that more documents are found. It may be that they aren't. What we can be sure of is that this is manna from heaven for the new Republican majority in Congress, and especially the 20 or so hardliners who make up its powerful militant wing. Today, the Republican-led House Oversight Committee announced it's launching an investigation. Those classified documents were known before the election and was intentionally concealed to the Americans. I think that's wrong. How long have they been sitting around? Who had access uh, all of this time? How many people had access all of this time? There are Republicans, considered far-right Republicans, now on the House Oversight Committee conducting one of the main investigations here. So the White House trying to make the point that any inquiry that comes from House Republicans is obviously politically motivated. So just how serious could this get for Joe Biden? And how does it compare to the Trump trove found by an FBI raid on the former president's home at Mar-a-Lago last year? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm David Aronovich. Today, the cash and the caucus, how Joe Biden's documents may strengthen his worst enemies. 
Hi, I'm Alistair Dorber, the Washington correspondent of the Times and the Sunday Times. We start the year uh, 2023 in uh, a very interesting time in American politics. Now, specifically, what we want to talk about is the strange case of the (laughs) Biden classified documents. Can you take us to the moment when this news first broke? Yeah. Well, the timeline here is very, very important because it speaks to a lot of what's going on in American politics at present. On January the 9th, a couple of Mondays ago, um, CBS News broke a story. And some breaking news. CBS News has learned that classified documents belonging to President Biden from his time as vice president were discovered at the Penn Biden Center, a policy research center here in Washington, D.C., this was a, an office that was used by President Biden when he left the vice presidency in uh, 2017. His lawyers were clearing out the office and found these classified documents. They immediately handed them over to the National Archives and notified the Department of Justice as well. This is exclusive CBS News reporting. We are told it is a small number of documents, roughly 10. And at this point, we aren't Sure, we haven't been given information on the nature of the documents, how severe uh, or sensitive they are. This was January the 9th. The documents were actually found by Biden's lawyers on November the 2nd. And as I said, at that point, they handed them over to the National Archives. Right. So come back to November the 2nd in a moment. Um, Then there were some more discoveries, weren't there? Well, that's right. So Biden's team suddenly panicked because they thought, well, if these documents have been found at the university office. Are there any more? And what else has happened to the documents that were in Biden's office when he was part of the administration? Is there anything else? So his lawyers then conducted a search of his private residence, his private home in Wilmington, Delaware, and found some more documents, this time in the middle of December, in a locked cabinet in the garage of the house. And again, the National Archives and the Department of Justice were informed and the documents were handed over. And then at the invitation of Biden, the FBI searched the House on Saturday last week, and they were there for 13 hours, and they uncovered another six documents at the House, things that his own lawyers had missed previously. Um, now, if this happened in November, November the mm-hmm. 2nd, they discovered, the lawyers discovered in the university, how comes it doesn't come out till January? Well, that is a very, very good question. And Throughout this whole process, the White House has insisted, and strikingly so, that the president has acted with transparency and fulfilled the requirements of the National Archives and the Department of Justice. But November the 2nd is a significant date. It's just six days before the midterm elections, really crucial midterm elections here, which were a real roaring success for Joe Biden, an unlikely success. The Democrats held on to the Senate, which many had expected them to lose. There it is. That's the check mark. Oh, wow. Catherine Cortez Masto declared is. by our decision desk the winner of the Nevada Senate race with Catherine Cortez Masto's victory in the Nevada Senate race. Democrats wow. now have control of the United States Senate insured. And the Republicans now only have a majority of just four in the House of Representatives. People have been talking about this idea of a red Republican wave sweeping Congress and that they would comfortably take control of both houses. That didn't happen. And it was seen as a huge success for the Democrats. But of course, they'd known for almost a week that classified 
in some cases, secret documents have been found at the university office and decided not to go public with it. And then many, many people, even on the Democrat side, are asking, well, if you've been so transparent, if you follow the rules entirely, how come we didn't know about this before the midterm elections? I mean, presumably the most transparent way of uh, to do things would be to hold up your hands and say, yes, these documents have been found and let voters decide. Were they legally obliged to produce the documents as soon as they found them or to announce them? Or were they within their rights, whatever we think of the timing, to choose the timing to suit themselves? Well, that, that's exactly, you're absolutely right. There's, there's no obligation for the White House to release publicly that these documents have been found. All they were required to do was to inform the National Archives. But the issue is, is one of transparency. The White House has only acknowledged the documents were in Biden's possession after CBS produced its scoop on the story on January the 9th. Until that, the White House hadn't mentioned this publicly at all. Do you think if CBS hadn't had the story, then the White House never would have mentioned it? Well, that's another question to which we'll never know the answer. But it's certainly true that the CBS story prompted the admission from the White House. And until that moment, there'd been no suggestion at all that Biden had had these documents in his possession. Now, documents is a lovely word because it can cover <laughs> all kinds of possible things, uh, mm -hmm. as you'll know if you go through your own drawers. Um, do we know what's in the Biden documents? We don't. We know that the documents that were found at the university office, we think there were be between about 10 and 12 that are marked classified. We think that they may have referred to uh, relations with other countries, possibly even the UK. But again, these are not issues that have been confirmed by the White House or anything. So we don't know what's in the documents other than they were classified, they were secret, and they should have been returned to the National Archive when Biden left office as vice president in 2017. Right. Now, before we come on to the obvious parallels with Trump, it raises the question of just how easy it would be to hold on to classified documents, at least one or two or some. Mm. I mean, is there like a gigantic stamp on them that says, <laughs> classified, do not whatever you do remove from the office? Well, I mean, when anything's stamped classified or top secret, it's, I think the first thing anyone would do that isn't allowed to look at them is then, of course, look at them uh, <laughs> because you want to know what, what's classified and what's top secret. But yeah, these documents, I mean, again, we don't know exactly how they're marked. We don't know whether they're in, in sealed envelopes or in files, but it is obvious that these documents are marked as classified. Joe Biden's personal lawyer, a guy called Richard Sauber, has said that the documents found both at the university office and at the House are clearly marked classified certainly true that anyone having this document in their hand would know that it's classified by the markings on the outside. Well, the thing that we're learning, Alistair, isn't it, that it's rather easier to make this mistake than we might have thought it was, because we've had more news on Tuesday about somebody else doing it. Well, yes, it would appear so. On Tuesday, it was disclosed that um, Trump's former vice president, Mike Pence, has also found, or at least his lawyers, have found classified documents in in his house in uh, in Indiana. He used to be the governor of Indiana before he became vice president. And it looks as though uh, he took classified documents back to his private residence as well. So it looks as though anyone who's had, had access to these sorts of documents might now be looking around their own libraries and bookshelves to see what they've got lurking in uh, in dark corners. This is not only embarrassing for Mike Pence, when the Trump documents came out. He said that he didn't have any classified documents. He hadn't taken any back to his private residence. But of course, Mike Pence also wants to be elected president next year. He's written a book and he's very much got a, a presidential campaign, or at least a shadow presidential campaign underway. So this will uh, be an obstacle for him to win the Republican nomination next year too. It's very ominous when they write a book, isn't it? 
it's an absolute tick. It really is. It's so unbelievably sort of prescriptive. Everyone does it. And the pens book now needs a little addendum slipped in saying, <laughs> whoops, but there were some documents. Yeah. It, yeah. Might help, it might help sales. Uh, that, that might be the only thing it does for him. Of course, Mike Pence was Donald Trump's vice president, and this great big document furore started with Donald Trump. Can we just recap on how the Trump document crisis unfolded? Yeah. So Donald Trump left office in January 2021, having lost the election. And the National Archives were aware that there were missing documents, missing classified documents from the White House during his tenure and asked, can we have the documents back? In August last year, the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago. They sent agents down there, uh, opened doors that were locked and took about 33 boxes of documents that dated back to Trump's presidency, it equated to about 11,000 documents. Roughly 100 of them had classified markings on them. It's a lot of material. And the FBI is still going through that to determine exactly what Trump took and what the nature of those documents were. Right. So there are some things that are similar and a lot that's different about these two stories. What is the same about the two cases? Well, very, very, very Obviously, what is similar in these two cases is uh, a senior, very senior elected official in Donald Trump's case, he was the president. And at the time, Joe Biden was the vice president, have removed, or at least their officials or their staff or whoever it might be, have removed documents from their offices at the end of their tenure and taken them to their private residence. These documents should have been handed back uh, in both Trump and Biden's case to the archives at the end of their terms in office. Right. And Is it the case that both now are subject to investigation? Yes. After the FBI search of Mar-a-Lago, the Department of Justice appointed a special counsel to investigate how Trump had taken these documents, what he'd done with them. And this is a guy called Jack Smith. In Biden's case, a guy called Robert Herr, a US attorney from Maryland, he's been appointed to investigate the Biden case. So we've got two special counsels now running parallel investigations into these two cases. We may find that that one special counsel decides that one of these, either Trump or Biden, has acted illegally and the other one hasn't. But we'll have to wait, unfortunately, possibly months for the investigations to pan out. Well, being incredibly impatient over here, um, I think we can just go in and now discuss how the cases are different and therefore second guess a little bit of these investigations. So what is different about the Trump case and the Biden case? The Trump case is different in many ways from the Biden case. The FBI searched at their own discretion, Mar-a-Lago. They sent their agents in. They unlocked doors that otherwise Donald Trump wouldn't have wanted them to unlock. The scale is different. The FBI removed thousands of documents. Hundreds of them are thought to have been classified. Photographs have emerged of documents with what looks like classified markings on them strewn over a a floor. So, you know, it doesn't look as though they were behind any sort of lock and key at Mar-a-Lago. And and Trump has described the whole process as a conspiracy. He believes that it's part of what he might refer to as the deep state, trying to prevent him getting back into power and trying to paint him in a negative way in the public eye. By contrast, the Biden case The documents were discovered by Biden's own lawyers who were closing the office at the university. They handed all the documents over to the National Archives at their own discretion. They invited the FBI last weekend to conduct a search. So there are big differences and we'll have to wait 
as we've said, for the special counsels in both cases to determine whether one of the men has acted illegally and the other hasn't. Now let's look at the impact. I mean, you've described what's similar and you've described what's different. No matter what the truth is of these scenarios, you kind of feel looking over here that politics are so polarised that people are going to make use of it no matter what the facts are. Am uh, am I right or am I being over-worried? That's the crucial element of this case. In November, Joe Biden was interviewed and was asked about Donald Trump's hoarding of documents. And Biden appeared to get really angry. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen, how anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. At that time, he gave that interview. Biden's team, we don't know whether Biden knew, but Biden's team certainly knew that similar documents had been found in his possession, documents that he should have handed back. So when the special counsel's investigations are complete and when they've decided on the course of action and whether there's prosecutions of, of neither, of both or of one or the other, the problem is that they're the same issue ultimately. And voters will look at this and will say, well, hang on a second. Yes, the scale might be different. Yes, the level of cooperation might be different. But in effect, they're both guilty of the same thing. They're both guilty of taking classified documents back to a place where they ought not to have been. Now, tell me how this plays into the new situation that exists in Congress. Well, we have a new House of Representatives, and it's become a really interesting element of what's going to happen here over the next few months. It's controlled by the Republicans, but there is a segment, about 20 of them, who are from the hard right. And... The Biden documents issue is something that they really want to make hay out of over the next few months. Coming up, Republicans at war, speaker election chaos and a near brawl. We take a closer look at a new house effectively in hock to the far right and what it means for the Biden documents imbroglio. But first... I'm Megan Agnew, a news features writer at The Sunday Times. That means I might go from interviewing pop stars to sitting in courtrooms covering the human impacts of crime to tracking down the two women known as the Rolex Rippers. We can only do this thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times. Subscribe today by visiting thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Alistair, let's talk a bit more about the new house uh, which is controlled by as you told us by republicans uh, it's only been a few years since the republicans last controlled the house mm-hmm. um how is this republican controlled house different from previous republican controlled houses well the midterm elections in november gave us a, a republican majority of about four um, they were hoping for for a lot more but about four and what that means is that there are a group of about 20 Republicans, and they're known variously as the Taliban 20, or as I'll explain in a second, the Never Kevins. These are people from the, the right of the party who have some, what might be considered pretty radical views on everything spanning from abortion. What this is really about is nearly 65 million little persons who have been aborted, killed since Roe v. Wade decision. This is about killing babies. To public spending, to what the US ought to do in relation to the war in Ukraine. I will not vote for one more dollar to Ukraine. We are far too entangled in this conflict. But because these, uh, this group operates as a sort of caucus in its own right, they are managing to wield quite a lot of power. And we saw that most startly right at the start of the session. The first order of business in the House, a new fresh House, is to elect a Speaker. That's usually the leader of the majority party in the House, which is a guy called Kevin McCarthy from California. Um, He was expected to be Speaker if the Republicans won the House. Madam Clerk, as the chair of the Republican Conference, it is my high honour to present our conference's nominee for election to the office of Speaker of the People's House, the Honourable Kevin McCarthy from the state of California. And I yield back. No member-elect, having received a majority of the votes cast, a speaker has not been elected. Day two of a house of uncertainty is underway with Republicans divided over who should be their speaker. Republican leader Kevin McCarthy so far unable to win over the group of far-right members blocking him from the job. The House set to try to elect a speaker again today after two days of failed attempts. It's the first time in 100 years the speaker wasn't elected in the first vote. It's been a breathtaking few hours, hasn't it? And uh, Kevin McCarthy has finally got the votes he needed on the 15th attempt. It took a week and 15 votes to get Kevin McCarthy into the Speaker's chair. This group of Never Kevin said, well, we don't want you. And if we are going to vote you in and we are going to give you the Speakership, then we want our pound of flesh. And they certainly got their pound of flesh out of Kevin McCarthy. 
if my colleagues get what they want from McCarthy, the chairman of the Freedom Caucus will actually be more important than the Speaker of the House. He will have to live the entirety of his speakership in a straitjacket constructed by these rules that we're working on now. He's had to put some pretty radical people on some pretty important committees. He's given the right of just one member of the House to start a, a challenge to the Speaker. So only one member of the House now can call for a vote on whether the Speaker should be removed. Previously, it was five. The only thing that's left is for, you know, one of them McCarthy. to drive out with McCarthy's car and another one to wear his coat. And I mean, he's given everything away. So this group of 20 or so quite radical, quite right-wing Republicans now hold the balance of power in the House. I can imagine that during those 15 votes, the atmosphere between the recalcitrant Republicans and the majority Republicans got a bit fruity. Very fruity. When you elect the Speaker, you have to have what they call a roll call. So everyone has to stand up and declare publicly who they're voting for or what they're voting for. It almost came to blows at one point. There's a, a young congressman who's very much aligned to the right wing of the Republican Party, a guy called Matt Gates. He refused to come on board. He actually nominated Trump at one point to be Speaker, which is just a remarkable and quite daft thing to do. One of his colleagues, a much older uh, member of the House, sort of came down and almost sort of physically accosted him. And all this is happening on TV. All happening on TV, and because it's usually the majority party that control the camera angles, because no one controlled the House at that point, they need to elect the Speaker in order to get that up and running. C-SPAN, the, the organisation which televises congressional sessions, controlled it, and they were very happy to sort of introduce new camera angles and use microphones all over the place. So we got a bit more of a flavour of what was going on than we might normally have done. A great reminder that what's bad news for politicians is often good news for journalists. Almost always. Almost <laughs> always. Now, you've described these never-Kevins, the people who didn't want McCarthy. Um, how coherent are they? Do they have an ideology, an idea of what it is they want to build in America? There's much more of an ideology as to what they want to stop being built in America. They tend to be followers of Donald Trump. They tend to believe that the 2020 election was stolen and that uh, Trump is actually the rightful president and not Joe Biden. There is absolutely no evidence whatsoever for that. It's worth making that point every single time. And of course, the classified documents issue, the documents that have been found in Biden's possession, is also catnip to these guys. It is something that they can hang their, their ideological hat on, something that they can investigate. Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, is someone else they want to investigate. So a lot of bandwidth, uh, a lot of time is now going to be taken up by House committees investigating Biden, his presidency and his family. Alistair, you mentioned the Hunter Biden mm. case. Can you just explain it briefly? Sure. It, it's a bizarre case, really. Hunter Biden is Joe Biden's second son, um, has had trouble with addiction to alcohol and to drugs in the past but he's also a, a lawyer and a businessman. He took, I mean, bizarrely, he took his laptop to a computer repair shop in Wilmington and seemed to leave it there. The hard drive of this laptop had managed to find its way to political opponents of Joe Biden, many right-wing Republicans, and it shows some pretty interesting stuff. So Hunter Biden's business dealings with Ukrainian businesses and possibly links to China. And what the Republicans say is, well, the emails on this hard drive show that Joe Biden used his position 
uh, or Hunter Biden used Joe Biden's position as vice president in order to get business deals and that Joe Biden was cut into some of these deals and made lots and lots of money out of it. Now, that's obviously something that the White House denies. They say these emails are taken out of context. There was nothing illegal happened. And Joe Biden never used his office as a means to make money. But this is something now which we're likely to see quite a detailed investigation on now that the Republicans control the various committees in the House of Representatives. And have any of these never Kevins made their way onto the investigations committee? Absolutely. Yeah. There are various people who are on the various committees that will start investigating Hunter Biden, Joe Biden and, and, and various other people aligned to the administration. I want to talk in a moment about how this all goes down with the American people eventually. But before we do that, in addition to anything that happens with the House inquiries, you've also got these other two Department of Justice inquiries. And what's the timescale on those, Alistair? The two special counsel uh, investigates. Yeah. The special counsel operate very much at arm's length from the Department of Justice. It's the whole point, so that they're independent. They're not subject to oversight from the Attorney General. They will not work to a political timetable. They will, as they say, follow the evidence and report back when they're good and ready to. I think we can expect both investigations, both the Trump investigation and the separate Biden investigation, to take a number of months. Right. So let's now throw this forward um, by looking at how it's playing in the US right now. Do people actually, when compared with what would seem the big issues, and we have to remember that it was Bill Clinton who famously said, it's the economy, stupid, about what guides people's voting. Do people care in the first place? And do they care enough for it to alter the way in which they vote? Um, yes, I think the short answer is yes, I think people do care. So much so that, uh, I'll give you an example, a guy called John Tester, who's a senator from Montana, Democratic senator from Montana, he said that he's very concerned about the discovery, that's a direct quote, very concerned about the discovery of classified documents in Biden's possession. And we've got to get to the bottom of it to find out what the hell happened, why it happened. This is about national security. Now, John Tester is a Democrat in a very Republican state. So he's worried that Republican voters or his own voters in Montana are going to find this deeply worrying. And also, Joe Biden has come across as being extremely clean, being transparent and as following the rules and being a bit forgetful, perhaps, but not doing anything intentionally wrong. If the special counsel investigation comes back and find actually, you know, this was intentional, th these are documents you wanted to keep for various reasons, then that will be hugely damaging. Conversely, and, and perhaps bizarrely, in many ways, the investigation into Trump plays into his agenda. One of Donald Trump's lines of attack is that, you know, the state's against him. There's a conspiracy. The swamp and all the politicians who've been there forever don't want people like him, people that the people want in power. And so this is all part of a conspiracy to prevent him ever getting back into office. So in many ways, that the worse it gets for Donald Trump in an official sense, the better it, it can play with some of his most ardent supporters. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because it creates a heads he wins, tails Biden loses situation for Trump, which is even if what Trump did was far worse than what Biden did, we'll see if that uh, plays out, it's still going to be better for Trump both ways. Welcome to America in 2023. Um, the, you know, looking just at the evidence that we know about this in the public domain, neither Biden nor Trump come out of this particularly well. It's clear from what we know now that Trump's case is much more egregious than that of Biden's. There's been a deliberate attempt by Trump to stop these documents getting back to the National Archive. The number of documents is far greater and so on and so forth. If a special counsel investigation comes back and say, look, 
Joe Biden was found with classified documents. There's no evidence that he removed these intentionally. There's no evidence that he tried to profit out of the details in these documents. But, you know, here's a slap on the wrist because it was an oversight that led to them being in his possession. Or he was just forgetful. Possibly that's even worse because you know, this isn't a guy in his 80s who's forgetful with classified documents, the secrets, not to say the guy that you want with his finger on the button. Right. Now, I gather from what you're saying that the received wisdom in Washington right now is that Biden will declare a second run at the presidency. Do you have any idea of the timeline which we attach to Biden declaring a second run? Yeah, I think it could happen quite soon. I mean, you know, it's never good to get into the game of guessing, but the State of the Union takes place on February the 7th. This is That's this big address, isn't it? To exactly. The Every year the president addresses a joint session of Congress to report on the State of the Union, how the states is doing as a country. The impression is that he will declare at some point soon after that. Right. Okay. So first you give the state address and say, Nation's in a wonderful state, brackets, exactly. thanks to me. And then you say, and you can have four more years of me. Exactly that. Exactly that. Alistair, um, remind us how far away we are from the first primaries for the presidential election. About a year from now, the parties will start voting in the states for their presidential nominee. So what, I, what I'm wondering is, by the time you get to that first primary, Will this really matter as compared to the other bigger things? And you can hear the note of scepticism in my voice because it's hard to believe that it will. And yet I'm sensing from you uh, a reluctance to agree to that. I think it depends on various things. I think it depends on when the special counsel investigation comes back. I think it depends on how well the economy is doing. I think it depends on the outcome of the various other investigations that Donald Trump is facing. The January the 6th committee has passed files on to the Department of Justice recommending that Trump be indicted over various crimes they alleged took place on January the 6th, just before he handed over power to Biden. He's facing a grand jury investigation in Georgia about trying to influence the outcome of the presidential election in that state. So it may be we're overtaken by events. This is a crisis, certainly, that, that isn't going away at the moment. If the special counsels come back and find that either or both Trump or Biden acted in some sort of nefarious way, I think it will have an impact. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, David Aronovich, and my guest, Washington correspondent for The Times and The Sunday Times, Alastair Dorber. You can find all of Alastair's work at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription. This episode was produced by Taryn Siegel with production help from Olivia Case. The executive producer is Kate Ford, and sound design was by Tom Birchall. And if you can, please leave us a review. It'll help others to find us. And if you have a story you think we should be covering, an idea for a future episode, or thoughts on what you've just heard, send us an email to storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.